Welcome to the Peak RFP Podcast. My name is Luke Husel. I'm a physical therapist here at Peak Rehab. And today we're joined again by our friend, Dr. Randy Meredith from Legend Orthopedics here in Augusta, Georgia. He is fellowship trained in total joint surgery. And today we are working into our rotator cuff repair series. And so we're happy to have Dr. Meredith here. We're going to talk about how he does rotator cuff repairs. He does a lot of those and uh, kind of what kind of things he sees with that. So Dr. Meredith, welcome. Thank you, Luke. All right, man. Good to see you again. All right. So we're talking about a rotator cuff repair. You know, we did a really good series on the total knee replacement, Mm -hmm. and we're going to do a number of these again Mm -hmm. on rotator cuff repair because it's another one of those things that you do a lot of and Mm -hmm. that we see a lot of on the rehab side. Sure. And just to say a little bit about that, the reason that I do that, obviously I did my fellowship in total joints, but I spent 11 years in the army. Right. There you go. So we did a lot of sports medicine (laughs) and arthroscopy, which is why I still do a lot of my own cuff repairs and shoulder Mm -hmm. scopes to this day. Yeah, very good. That's important. Okay. So let's talk about rotator cuff tears. And maybe the first question I would say is, you know, when patients come into you or, and when we send folks to you and and they have rotator cuff tears, you know, what's the, what's the symptomatic rotator cuff tear that needs to be repaired? How do they get there? How do you get a rotator cuff tear? Kind of what are the most common things that you see? So there's really two ways that most people get this. It's usually a disease of, you know, tendon involvement. So in other words, what happens is over time, it's a wear and tear. Right. So, and that's usually a birthday cake problem. So usually people up in their 40s, 50s, 60s and older get this problem. (laughs) So their tendon just over the years kind of gets beat up. Right. That tendon, even for people who lift a lot of weights, the rotator cuff usually gets neglected a lot. Absolutely. So people aren't usually trying to strengthen up their rotator sure. cuff as much as they are their sure. mirror muscles, right? This is like what we saw in the Army, right? When sure. you and I were active duty, sure. lots of guys, of course, doing a lot of push-ups right. and then in the weight room a lot. So yeah. a lot of shoulder. Working on their deltoids and right. their traps and their biceps and right. their triceps and all that. Right. But they don't work on their cuff. Yeah. So over the years, the cuff just kind of gets beat up and people will develop some bone spurs. And there's a lot of research going in as, hey, what causes... What causes what to happen first and sure. things, you know? So um, I think a lot of it comes from just chronic inflammation around yeah. the shoulder yeah. and things, and yeah. and then it beats it up. Yeah, Caleb and I were talking uh, last time about, you know, you'll, you you know, you see some traumatic rotator cuff tears. Those are less common, aren't they? Less common, but easier to diagnose, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, somebody has a fall, they lift something, they feel a pop, they feel a pull, they feel a tear, and then all of a sudden they can't lift their arm up anymore. I mean, that's a pretty classic history for a rotator cuff tear. So, What uh, what are the kind of the types of the rotator cuff tears that we see? In a, you know, what, what kind of maybe, uh, and then also maybe what's what's the most common rotator cuff tendon that, you know, is torn and, and that you're working on? So for the most part, uh, from an anatomical standpoint, let's talk about the rotator cuff, right? The rotator cuff is a cuff of muscles. When mm. you said which common tendon, it's a group of four muscles around the shoulder. And right. the whole... The whole job of the rotator cuff, if you think about the shoulder joint being a golf ball on a tee, is that while you're moving your arm around, those four muscles are firing in tandem to hold that golf ball in the center of the tee. Right. That's their job. Right. Okay. And so obviously it's a lot more intricate than that, but that's basically what their job is. When that tendon's not doing its job, that golf ball can start moving around a little more. That's where impingement comes in. It can kind of pinch as they lift over overhead activities right, right things like that can all happen so they can get 
<coughs> excuse me, from a stair, from a tear standpoint, obviously you can get a full thickness tear. You can get a partial tear, which is either bursal sided, which means it's on the top of the rotator cuff, yeah. or it's humeral sided, which means it's underneath and inside the joint. Yeah. And either one of those can happen. All right. And so MRIs obviously are the best study to evaluate the rotator cuff and see what the involvement is and see what it looks like. Sure. So the most common tendon that gets torn is the supraspinatus tendon, which is the tendon that's right on the top of the shoulder. Right. It's up in the front. It's right by the biceps. The biceps runs between the supraspinatus and the subscapularis tendon, which is in the front of the shoulder. Yeah. So those two things in combination, chronic inflammation, usually that supraspinatus is when it gets torn the most. And we're going to get in now and kind of transition into talk about, you know, you know how you do the surgical procedure. And we're going to yeah. talk about that biceps tendon in sure. a little bit. Yeah. So we'll keep that in mind. But all right. So, you know, we, you've, you've, you've done the things to diagnose and, and, and a lot of times they fail conservative treatment, right? Sure. A lot of times mm-hmm. we're going to try to work on these and that's right. because not all rotator cuff needs surgery, correct? Correct. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's say we failed that. We need this has got a symptomatic rotator cuff tear. We need to get it repaired. Well, they've been on anti-inflammatories. They've been to see you guys. They've right. done all the stuff, and it's still bothering them. Right. We get an MRI, and they've got a full thickness tear, and they're a pretty young, active person. Right. They normally get we recommend done. fixing it. Yeah. Right. All right. So let's talk about how you fix it a little bit. Okay. Right. And so uh, most of your rotator cuff tears that you're doing are arthroscopic. That's correct. correct. That's so correct. talk a little bit about what what that arthroscopic uh, rotator cuff repair looks like. So typically, uh, when somebody has an arthroscopic surgery, it's poke holes, right? So in other words, we make three or four poke holes around the shoulder to get in there and take a look with a camera. Right. So everything's pretty much done with a camera and instruments. So we can see the rotator cuff, we can clean things up, we can put it in. When we fix the rotator cuff, the way we do that is we put some sutures through the tendon, right. and then we put an anchor into the bone. And that anchor is biodegradable, which means that over two to five years, these anchors dissolve. Mm-hmm. The bone will go through them and they dissolve. The sutures do not, so they stay there. But in the most, for the most part, that tendon is put through the cuff. That cuff is pulled over, and the bone is tacked, and the tendon yeah. is tacked back down to the bone with an anchor. Do you and you take? Do you always take off a little piece of bone with that tendon, <coughs> sew it together, and anchor it down? Uh, is it you know? No. Usually, what happens is the tendon usually will tear off the bone, right? And it may even leave a little bit of the tendon on the bone. Very rarely, if ever does it pull a piece of the bone off okay now what we will do is clean off the bone okay mm-hmm. to where there's no tendon where, where we can it gets down to what we call good bleeding bones so right. in other words it makes a nice bed for that tendon to scar back down yeah and that's what's happening that yeah. tendon has to scar back down that's the reason why <laughs> after surgery we don't let you actively use that's that right. tendon for six weeks. That's right. Because you'll pull it off the bone. Right, okay? right. So it's got to scar back down to heal yeah. up. That's why we do that. So you go in, you take a look with the cameras first, and that's right. where you can see, as you mentioned before, is this on the top side of the tendon? Right. This, is this on the underside? Because you're looking at both places. <coughs> that's correct. Right. Yeah. So most of the time, from a repair standpoint, if you have a tendon tear that's bothering you, and it's on the undersurface of the tendon uh, or even the top of the tendon, it's a judgment call in the operating room, but if it's if it's less than fifty percent of the tendon width, because the tendon width is a good centimeter or more, mm, right, mm. Uh, that it attaches on that bone, and so if it's less than fifty percent, we usually just clean that up, right, and the bleeding we create will scar that back down, and then we don't have to take that down and fix it. 
if the majority of the tendon is torn and you only have 10 or 15% of that tendon left attached, right. then we need to fix it. You bet. And then, and then some of those guys, of course, have have that full thickness tear and maybe even that tendon has retracted. Those are a little That's bit right. bigger cases, a little That's bit right. tougher. That's the problem with waiting, right? Because mm. every time you lift that arm, that tend that muscle belly only pulls one way and it pulls right. it away from that bone. Right. And over time, and guys tend to be worse than females because our deltoids are strong and a lot of times we can still use our arm sure. even without our cuff. Sure. So what happens is over time that tendon retracts back, continues to retract back. And once it gets back to the level of the glenoid or the level of the AC joint, there's right. no fixing it. Yeah. You can't pull it back over. Yeah. And that yeah. becomes a problem. Yeah, a little bit of a window there That's when you right. want to make this happen. That's All right. right, let's talk about subacromial decompression. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of what what are we talking about? Most of the time you probably do a subacromial decompression. I do, but not and always. it's still if you if you look at the literature, um, it's still uh, controversial okay. as to whether or not people do that. Right. For me, I think if they have a pretty big bone spur, that bone spur beats the tendon up. Right. Okay. And um, I think it's important to do a subacromial decompression to give that rotator cuff more room. Yeah. Okay. And that's the reason why it's important to do that. Yeah. So most people have a bone spur if they have a cuff tear. And so I do take off that bone spur. So you're going in and shaving that off and then also maybe cleaning up some of that inflamed bursal tissue Mm -hmm. and things like that as well. And some people have pain or tendonitis and bursitis. But right. they don't have a tear. Right. And if they failed conservative management, like, you know, injection or sure. therapy and things like that, right. then that's when we subcromial decompression without having to fix the tendons a pretty quick recovery. No doubt. Okay. Okay, let's talk about biceps tendon involvement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a couple different things I know that you guys will do with the bicep tendon. Talk a little bit about what you see with the biceps tendon and maybe what a couple of those <coughs> types of things that you might do with it. Sure. So with the biceps tendon, it's the same thing. If it's partially torn or it's torn most of the way through, things like that, or it's caused the tear of the superior labrum right. and you're over the age of, 45 or 50, the easiest thing to do is just release that biceps, okay? The long head of the biceps goes through the shoulder. You do not need that, okay? In other words, it does not cause any diminished strength or anything like that. A lot of guys will do what they call a tenotomy, which Mm -hmm. is we're literally just release it, okay? And most of the time that tendon gets caught up in the biceps sheath and you don't end up with a deformity muscle or anything like that. Right. That happens about 15% of the time, Okay. okay? The other option is to cut the tendon and fix it. So we do what we call a tenodesis, which is where we tack that tendon back down to the humeral bone, okay? Um, that hurts a little bit more than just releasing right. it. Um, and it takes a little bit longer to right. recover from that. But you have a less incidence of uh, deformity in the yeah. biceps muscle, okay? And so the people that I usually try to do that with are people that are skinnier. You can see the biceps better, things like that. But... There's still about a 10% incidence of rupture in that, even if you teen it. I got you. Do you think, you know, most of those being a little bit more painful, you think it's just related to, you know, putting that little drill hole in that humerus and and putting that in there? And I think think the tendon's in a different spot. Sure. So I think they still get some spasm. You bet. Yeah. Yeah, very good. All right, so we talked about that. Uh, rotator cuff repair, subacromial decompression, a little bit of biceps involvement. So uh, we're going to talk more, and again, just kind of do a couple more series here on that post-op side, mm-hmm. right? So we got that surgical procedure down today, and and then we're going to also do another one of those Q and A series because. Sure. 
you know, just like with that total knee, we're going to talk about the sling and wearing the sling and all that kind of passive range of motion, not active range of motion to get started. So we'll look forward to getting you back in here and we're going to do a few more series on this rotator cuff repair because it's one of the, really the one of the longest type of uh, rehabs that, that, that we do. Yeah. You know, any tendon work is a long work. That's right. The, you know, I tell patients, you're going to do great. But this takes a while, right? You know, and so people are moving at eight weeks after a total knee. Well, then uh, you know we're in a sling for six weeks with right. a rotator cuff repair, so right. it's a little bit slower. But it's a lot slower, but, yeah. but they do great. Yeah. All right, Doctor Meredith. Well, good to see you again. Thanks. Thanks, Luke.